Hello. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, this me. Never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who did he make the rules? The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, it's safe time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! You're not scared, are you? Squeak. Alright y'all, welcome back to another installment of the Carefree Black Nurse Suite. This installment is the Scream Suite. I left you with some blood-curling screams last year. I'm coming to you now with some slasher and some horror shit. This is the first installment of a six-part series. This is the Scream Suite, or the Horror Suite, and I'm your host, Rain Coleman. And for this very special occasion, this inaugural episode, I have someone with me, a voice you should be all too familiar with. If not, check the resume and get back with me. Who do I have on the mic with me today? Thank you for such a great introduction. (laughs) I am John Salvatore. Um, I am over the moon to be here thank you uh like i always say mama i have made it i have arrived i am on the carefree black nerd podcast like what up what's up man thank you for accepting the invite um this is ah, okay so for starters we're going to be discussing scream Mm -hmm. if you don't know now you know niggas so we're going to discuss scream the first film and uh give some takes some thoughts some opinions um all this is done in service to scream six and so you're going to check back in with me every week may have another guest maybe solo john may return you never know but check back in every week (laughs) probably one of my favorite in the franchise okay good good would love to come back all right, so put that on the calendar. And so we're going to discuss Scream, and this is more of a conversation. I encourage everyone out there to go and watch Screams 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 and prepare for Scream 6, and we're going to get started. Use that hashtag Scream Suite, S-C-R-E-A-M-S-U-I-T-E, that will be in the show notes. And um, I'll start off with a little housekeeping with Scream. Is a 1996 American slasher film. This was directed by Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson. Now, this film starred none other than Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Matthew Litter, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy, and Drew Barrymore. Now, <laughs> let's pause right here. Drew, yeah. that's my girl. And mm-hmm. I guess you could say starring because it took about, for that first opening scene, that was about 10... Anywhere from oh. 10 to 13 minutes. So, right. But I was like, that's. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that opening with Drew? <laughs> okay. So, as far as like the billing of the cast? Well, that for sure. Yes. Um, so, okay. we Let's go back. Okay. This is 1996. Yes. Drew Barrymore is in her prime. Mm hmm. 
and mm-hmm. she could do whatever project she wanted. Yep. And from my understanding and all of the trivia from, you know, Internet Movie Database, she was originally offered the role of Sydney Prescott, but mm-hmm. had to turn it down for whatever reason. And she thought, hey, let's have me in the opening scene. And it's not, no one's going to think I'm going to die in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really clever. And I thought it was really smart. I mean, I I would give, I mean, I, w- I would give her top, but like, I wouldn't have given her, of course, like, top three but you know one of those things where it's a mm-hmm. cast and you want to say and usually the person that's you know at the end when it's like and is mm-hmm. you know usually a bigger star or yeah. as powerful as you know the lead but may not have such a great role on the show mm-hmm. okay that makes sense so then let's um uh, piggyback off that how do you feel about the whatever universe that is where she was sydney do you think that would have made for a better film that's a good question Ooh. if drew was sydney mm-hmm. I, oh, and I i don't want to downplay <laughs> drew's talent mm-hmm. i I think Scream would have been either a one and done, okay, or it would have fallen in the anthology row. I don't mm. think Drew would have been someone that would have gone on to do sequels because mm. she was doing a, like during that time during yeah. the whole when Scream was at its peak from like. 96 up until 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore was pretty much everywhere. So I, yeah. I just couldn't see her committing to doing um, a gaggle of, you know, <laughs> equals. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it would have had the same cultural impact. I think things happen for a reason. Right, right. And her doing that opening scene kind of made it the thing that carried on to the franchise for the most part Mm -hmm. that you have a a larger star partaking in the film and not necessarily you know having an expanded part but their star power and pairing that with the opening kill is you know it held up for the most part definitely for part two Um, I'm going to say part three, no, because at that time, nobody fucking, this is well before she was Lily Vanderwoodson. Like Mm -hmm. I, I remember that actress from a short stint on Melrose place and then Mm. killing cotton. I'll say Colin cotton. It was just like, eh, it didn't, but then screen three is its own box of worms. worms. And then them playing it up for part four, mm-hmm. it kind of poked and made fun of it. Because from my understanding, and I don't know how true this is, I think I've read it somewhere, so it doesn't take it out the grain of salt, that Kirsten's or Kristen Stewart was supposed to be the opening kill for Scream 4. Mm, okay. And during that time, that was like at the height of Twilight. So that would have been a major mm-hmm. thing. But, you know, for the most part, Drew kind of set that in motion for the franchise for one, the opening scene being, mm-hmm. you know, pretty brutal. And then yes. two, having such a large star in that scene for the most part. Absolutely. And and with that being said, I do think that Drew, one, set the tone, um, had that star power that put your butts in seats. Mm-hmm. And truly, you can separate her entire appearance and have it be its own thing. Like if this was released as a web short, yeah, that's one and done. Like, yeah, you might say, oh, well, who's the killer? But like, as far as the beginning, middle and end, this right. is what is going to lead to this, this, this and that. Like, I think she did a phenomenal job. Her and that wig were working overtime. And I, I was for <laughs> I was for it. Put that blonde wig on and shake that Maserati. She, <laughs> she, she was not playing, but I, I truly, um, I enjoyed it because it almost felt like almost like a book um i don't i wasn't particularly fond of horror back in the day Um, i was not either 
Look, but this franchise, wow, I would have been, I would have been like a child, child. And, but with this, I was, it, it didn't, it didn't bother me in the way that like a Candyman or a Freddy Krueger would have. Right. And I wonder if it's because intellectually I see it's nothing supernatural about it. Like me being a child. Yeah. I wonder if that's it, but. Right. So I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, it, I think I've had this conversation with before. I'm not necessarily someone that likes horror, especially based in like supernatural, Mm -hmm. that, that space to me, this was like kind of like a mystery suspense Mm -hmm. thriller, but it's a slasher. Mm -hmm. And I want to say, cause when the original scream came out, I was 13 Mm -hmm. and I remember like being I wasn't scared of the previews. Um, of course, no one was taking me to the theaters to see it because <laughs> it was rated R, and they right, really right. mandated that back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I want to say it wouldn't be until – I, but I, it's funny because I, I snuck to see Scream 2 in theaters because this is when they used to re-release movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I went to – it was it – was, I want to say it was the beginning of the the re-release of Scream 2 that I sat, I actually rented, I had my mom and dad rent Scream and we watched it together. Yeah. And then I I actually saw Scream 2 first and then I saw Scream 1, but I was Mm. familiar with, you know, Scream 1 at the time, but yeah. Okay, okay. Ooh, so um, even with the Scream One, when you said you saw that after two, how did you see it? Was it at? Um, was it just y'all rented it and that was that? And like you watched it over and over the blockbuster days, or was it like I rented it and I saw it in theater? Or how did you? So it had already been out of theaters because the turnaround from Scream Two coming out when Scream One came out, I don't even think was a full calendar year. So I remember seeing Scream Two in the theaters and then we rented scream one and then i want to say i rented it or i had them running again for me (laughs) at a later time and i would watch it you know semi-regularly at that time Mm -hmm. and then i want to say like this is dating me but whatever (laughs) dvds had become all the rage just a few years later. So by the time, you know, Scream 3 had come out, DVDs Mm -hmm. were really starting to ramp up. And I remember getting um, Scream on DVD. (laughs) And yeah, I remember watching it a few times. I would, you know, I want to say in the beginning, those first few years, I watched it. I think I watched it once in the summer and then I will mm. watch it around Halloween because I'm not doing okay. a lot of other horror movies. So yeah. But yeah, that was um me taking it in. And then of course, you know, when it comes on, it'll come on like network television or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always try to catch it. Right, um right. I want to say the most recent time I've seen Scream, this was probably the weekend of Halloween. I was in the gym and mm-hmm. they had Scream One, VH1. <laughs> and I watched it. And then, okay. of course, you know, the clips come up on Twitter. Right, right. Um, I will watch a, a, a clip from Scream in a minute. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watched the uh, Casey Becker, the iconic Casey Becker opening scene. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll watch that a few times a year. Okay. Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's It's such a, it's one of those things where you don't really know you being the audience and even the creator, what you have. Right away, because this is one of those movies. Well, cult classic movies are like, I don't think you can. Tr- there may be a formula, but I don't think you can truly plan. Like, yeah. Mean Girls was good, but for that to be the cult classic that it is versus like <sighs> Jawbreaker, not that Jawbreaker isn't, because I think it's good, but like if you ask a random person, I think they might mention Mean Girls over Jawbreaker. I think, but, um, but what I'm saying is like when they may scream, it's like. It was good. It was out there. It was a critique on the, a critique and an expiration, a satire, a satirical look at slasher yes. films. And that's good. But it's like, bruh, this is the one franchise that for me, I don't really have any issues with it 
continuing. Unlike a Fast and Furious 32, Saw 61. <laughs> like, with this, I'm like, mm, I, I mean, it's not without its faults, but I do, I do like the franchise and the way that they kind of remix things towards the fifth one or the in the fifth one. It's like, right. okay, they're elevating this uh, franchise and I love it. I love it. Um, so this movie was released on December 20th. It follows high school student Sydney Prescott, played by Neff Campbell, and her group of friends in the fictional town of Woodsboro, California, who became the targets of a mysterious killer in a Halloween costume known as Ghostface. The film satirizes the cliches of slasher genres popularized in films such as Halloween, 1978, Friday the 13th, 1980, and Craven's own Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Scream was considered unique at the time of its release for featuring characters aware of real-world horror films who openly discussed the cliches that the film attempted to subvert. Um, two things. One... I know that things are quote unquote kids, but everybody in this movie to me was 40 years old. I was like, because I've, I've watched them in so many things since then. I'm like, right. this niggas is grown. So <laughs> I understood that they're kids in this movie, but like Nev Campbell and um, Courtney Cox, I wonder how far apart in age they truly are. <laughs> right. Because they, it wasn't this thing where. Courtney looked considerably older than them. Mm -hmm. It was like y'all are at max three years apart. Yeah, y'all was in high school together. Even Dewey, like Dewey, <laughs> Dewey is supposed to be like a whole deputy. I mean, yeah. very to be a deputy at eight, what well, maybe 18, 19. Something like that. He didn't look that much older than Tayden, who was supposed to be his younger sister. And he yeah. didn't look much older than you know the rest of the cast, which is like okay. <sighs> Okay, so my other thing is the inclusion of other horror films in mm -hmm. the um, in the movie. To me, was golden. Um, I I think that's the one thing out of the entire franchise, especially this first film, that gave its way to um, elevating it, making it something different. Because even, despite all the camp in the movie. Mm -hmm. When you have a character who is like providing these rules for you in a way that is not vampires are scared of the sunlight and the stake through the heart will kill. Like this is real. Where it, it did double duty of giving you the viewer who may not be familiar with all these right. horror movie tropes. It gave you a play by play of what's what. But then it also did it for the folks in continuity in the film. It's I I feel as if what's the nigga name? Rudy. Oh, Randy? Randy, god damn. I absolutely like I, I I liked him. I feel like I liked him when I first watched it, but it was like, oh, he's nice. But watching it again as an adult and like sitting down and, and making notes and analyzing what is presented, I absolutely loved his character. Right. I'm a fan. Um yeah, I'm a fan. So that's that. Um with Scream One. Tell me, do you have a favorite kill? Do I have a favorite kill? I do. Okay. Who's Drew this? Barrymore is my favorite kill Ooh. in Scream 1. Like, okay. when I think about the kills, I, I looking back, I feel like there weren't a lot of kills mm -hmm. in Scream 1. Um... I think a lot of people want to go with the Tatum scene. To me, uh, I remember being a, like a, a, a fresh teen watching that, and I'm like, that's not realistic. <laughs> like, to me, of course, I mean, for yeah. this to be rooted in realism, mm -hmm. it was like, really? Because everybody knows that the garage door is just going to go up. It's not going to, it's not going to let you be, be in a dog door and go up. It would just stop. And it would come mm -hmm. right back down. So I didn't think that was interesting. Now, yeah. if it would have like just came, even if it would have came down and smashed her in the head, it would she wouldn't have probably died. She probably would have just, you know, been in a coma mm -hmm. or something. But yeah, definitely Casey. Because let me tell you this: Drew was acting. Listen, he was <laughs> like that. That that Caucasian woman was. Listen. 
terrified. Like, Look. very much, I need to lock my doors because Darnell is walking past my yeah. <laughs> I Like, she was terrified. And mm-hmm. then the fact that she put up, she put, I mean, she put up a little bit of a fight. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she did. Yeah. Just, just the, ugh, it was like, you almost made it, but that. you kind of didn't because if they wouldn't have got you that night, bitch, they would have got you another night. Like, no, if you truly. were off the hook altogether, you probably <laughs> would have delayed your murder by a, a few days or a few hours, but they was going to get you. But in that moment, you almost mm-hmm. made it. You almost yeah. made it. That, ugh. She, I want to say this, she's probably mine too. Right. But I, I would like to go with Billy just because I'm satisfied it happened. But no, that uh, I say either her. No, because I well, I will say I hated Tatum's. I hated it. I right. hated that scene was the one that for me was the most questionable out of the entire sequence of scenes in the movie. I was like, bruh, you could have broke her arms. You like, there's so many things you could have done. Right. That, that doggy door shit like that. I don't know. And then for all those, people, I, I just feel like no matter how loud the music is a garage, I don't know. I just, I felt it took me out of the movie. I'll say that. Um, it was like, uh, okay. Yeah. So I may have to go with Drew's as well. Um, yeah, I do. Cause I do. Like you said, I think she was acting and I like, Something about that wig, something about this whole her that role that scene has solidified itself in like the public consciousness. As you see Drew in that wig, you think in a scream like that. I think even more so than Nev Campbell. Um, and so again, I feel like you can separate that scene on its own, upload it to YouTube, and call it one terrible night and it, it would do numbers on its own so i'd have right. to go i'd have to go with with that one as well Mm-mm-mm. drew you did that sis you did that um so with the favorite kill do you have a favorite character out of uh episode episode one out of the first uh movie favorite character um tatum where where I found maybe I found fault in her death scene mm. because I really like the character. Now I'm not a fan of Rose McGowan. Mm-hmm. Um well, how do you think as she's a person. Mm-hmm. Like I think she's batshit crazy. I think oh, she's no. unhinged. Um, which is like which is good because an actor is supposed to have you not think of them as a person, they're supposed to have you mm-hmm. think of them as a character. So I, yeah. I think you know, things that I've seen her in, I, I've enjoyed her acting. Now, Tatum, I think, was a great best friend for Sydney. Mm. I found Tatum to be more interesting than Sydney. Mm. Yeah, um, I have a theory on that. Yeah, I was like, and like she was, she was spunky, and she like she also was like, you're not going to kill me so quickly. Like, she was throwing bottles. Like, she got mm-hmm. sliced in the arm and was still throwing bottles mm-hmm. and was still, like, doing some um, stunt work to try to get out of the situation. So, <laughs> you know, she's like, I don't, don't kill me. I want to be in the sequel. Like, she was witty and, mm-hmm. you know, she was sharp, no pun intended. So she yeah. was definitely my favorite character i mean i'm also gonna i'm also partial to blondes i mean that was mm. a horrible die job in my opinion <laughs> hey you know i Tatum was my favorite character of the film okay so i won't be beating the allegations anytime soon i <laughs> absolutely loved matthew lillard Okay. I there's something about a villain that that's, that gets me, and I'm for not, him, I think it's that this performance reminded me so much of his performance in Hackers, and being a young queer kid, Clueless was like my absolute one of my top favorite films. Right. And looking back, he feels like he would have fit easily in that world. Like I, I know I, I do a lot of like what universities is, but whatever. But I truly feel like. He would be the glue that could connect Clueless and um, Scream, 
just he he to me out of everybody in the film him and tatum but him specifically because he's my favorite felt like a 90s character like this 90s caricature of like zany ass youth maybe white youth but still zany ass 90s youth and i just and he him and skeet with this homosexual um relationship very much so homosexual I'm like, I can't, how do you, if we put aside the murder for a second, <laughs> just for a second, right. I just, I was like, okay, these niggas is nice. I'm with that. And with there being no black people except for that reporter in the movie, I feel confident in saying that, uh, yeah, he was my favorite. Okay. <laughs> Even more than Sydney, like you said, my, um, my theory about Sydney is that she walks so Bella could run. She feels like Bella from Twilight. Like there she just maybe a little bit more personality, but it feels like that's the same character. Like that's who Bella, who Kristen was should have emulated. She outside of being like afraid and shocked, I don't I don't think she gave a whole lot of well, it wasn't a lot of happy scenes, but she was she was sad and depressed this whole movie. Rightfully so. Your mother was murdered a year ago, but like, Lord. Yeah. I, I don't know. And I, and there's nothing against it. I enjoyed the movie. Nev did what she needed to do. Um, I remember watching this, and I was never one of the party of five gays. That was never my ministry. But I remember nope, watching. It was so boring. I was like, what the hell? Are these five orphans? I don't even know what it's about. Um, But I remember watching an episode after this movie came out. And Mm -hmm. I remember it so vividly because Nev Campbell's character was a waitress in a bar. Mm -hmm. And I don't know verbatim what was said, but I know she was carrying something. I think a glass broke or somebody broke something in front of her to scare her. And they made mention of the movie scream in so many words. And I was like, ah, I see what y'all are doing. I remember them doing that a lot in the nineties. Yeah. That's the only thing that, it, okay, sidebar to the sidebar. <laughs> Did you watch Passions when it came out? I I would I wouldn't regularly tune in, but if it were on, I wouldn't turn the channel. So two things Passion did that I think may have influenced like the way I write and consume media and whatnot. Mm-hmm. One, it started off with after Princess Diana's death, and the main care i think sheridan crane was the first person we were introduced to or one of the first and mm-hmm. she was an analog to diana and they very clearly stated in continuity in the first couple episodes how she was a friend of diana's and like the police were chasing her or something she was like oh they're chasing me into this tunnel just like diana and i remember being a kid being like i don't i don't know that this is how you need to start a show but i remember right. that very vividly like real world influencing like the shit going on in the show and they also did damn what was the other one um oh when um desperate housewives was on and um what's the face was sleeping with the uh the 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 yard boy the garden nigga i remember an episode of passions where um sheridan I think was on a computer. No, some evil white lady with blonde hair was like on a computer looking for Miguel's character in Passions. And they were like, oh, it looks like he's on Wisteria Lane and and he's working as a gardener. And I was like, okay, I don't mind this, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. But yeah, so I digress. (laughs) So moving moving on um, with Scream. We have our favorite characters and our favorite kill. Was the killing? Did this all? Uh, was it campy? Like, was it over the top for you? Did it make sense within the movie, within the universe that they created? Did you have anything like, nigga, this is weird. This doesn't fit no, like any of those moments. I. <laughs> Okay, let me kind of let me let me unbox it and unpack it a little bit. So, <laughs> I never once thought it was campy. Like I, I didn't hmm. think it was campy. I, I thought it was fresh. Now I remember watching it, and I just kept saying, "I'm like, 
it ain't nobody black. Y'all don't have no <laughs> black friends. Ain't no black, ain't no black students hey. at this school when they were having shots in the school. Like I remember the scene where the girls were talking about Sydney and she was in the stall, and I'm thinking you really couldn't have put a Latina or a sister hey. and even thrown her in there, and it had been three of them, and or just make one, make the two girls one Latina and one black. I'm just like that kind of irked me but i'm like ah, eh, i'm not gonna be too mad because the majority of people are getting killed and no yeah. i don't really want anybody black on film you know getting hacked up so yeah. i was kind of on the fence about that but as far as unrealistic i'm like this is very plausible mm-hmm. because if i'm not mistaken come on speak on it some of this script mm-hmm. was influenced by real events yep the gainesville ripper yep screen was influenced by williamson's passion for horror films and it was inspired by the real life case of the gainesville ripper yeah um the screenplay originally titled scary movie funny enough was brought (laughs) by uh diamondson films and was retitled by the white weinstein brothers uh just before filming was complete the production faced censorship issues with the motion picture association of america and obstacles from locals while filming on location, which well, no, I was gonna say, I guess I could see, but can fuck about that. It's a goddamn movie, but yeah, so it was based off of the the Gangsville Ripper, which is um, I don't want to say his name, but you can look him up. But he um was an American serial killer. He murdered five students in Gainesville, Florida, over four days in August of 1990. Um, he confessed to sexually assaulting several of his victims also committing a triple homicide in his home city of shreveport louisiana so yeah it was it was very nasty nasty work so there's that i um i i I thought it was believable for me my biggest issue and they addressed it in the movie though well one of them uh my first one that they did address was how in the fuck we in this little ass town and nobody can find this mask you're like, oh, I think Dewey mentioned that this ghost face ripper mask is sold in every mom and pop store in the five-mile radius or something like that. So I was like, okay. Right. The other thing is, how are we not checking that mask for DNA? I was like, mm-hmm. I know it's the 90s, the early 90s, but we had some DNA databases back then, but yeah, like... Yeah. Especially, I mean, especially from because from my vantage point, Woodsboro was, I mean, those houses were big. Yes, y'all have money, so Mm y'all have the resources to fund those type of programs. But I digress. Hey, look, you and me both. I'm we on the same page. But I was like, this is, this is odd. But like, besides that, and like Tatum's death, I don't recall too many things that truly pulled me out of the movie. Uh, so I'm not, eh, I ain't going to be too upset about that. Um, is this a cult classic? Do you consider Scream 1 a cult classic film? So I'm going to, so I have a layered, a layered Come response on. to you. So at that time, yes, it mm-hmm. was a cult classic um but that was very short-lived because to me cult classic is like a movie where a lot of people like it but it didn't do big numbers Mm -hmm. but eventually by the time and again remember the second one came out less than a calendar year later by the time the second one came out scream was a full-fledged phenomenon like Mm -hmm. so Initially, yes, it was a cult classic, but it, it shifted to being a part of pop culture in a huge way. Like I remember the first, that was my first under, or my first realization of things being leaked on the internet. Like I remember the the whole ordeal with Scream 2 and it possibly being leaked on the internet. I didn't even think to put that in perspective in 1997 that, oh my God, these things can be leaked mm-hmm. on the internet. I just I, my 14 year old brain didn't process that. Like, yes, yeah. I knew the internet was for like, 
you know, research and, and, and work, it's not work stuff, but school stuff. And I just mm-hmm. left it there. But yeah, I want to say initially, I feel like it was a cult classic, but it's gotten so much acclaim and it's gotten so much exposure that can we really still call it a cult classic? Because right. oh, oh, I, so many demographics like it, like Mm-hmm. The whites like it, the gays like it, niggas <laughs> like it, you know, you know, foreigners like it, everybody likes it. Mm-hmm. So tell me this then, what do you think makes this movie, or if anything, so different from, let's say, a Fast and the Furious or a Saw, like outside of subject matter, like it being you know, about family and cars and all that shit, like, because mm-hmm. if we're looking at franchises, I personally feel like Scream has and still can go the distance, but I then agree. when you get something like a Fast and Furious and a Saw, it's like, okay. At some point, Fast and the Furious has turned into Avengers. So what do you think maybe makes Scream and the franchise at large sustainable uh, for the fans and for you know people versus these other franchises? I think one thing is the realization and the meta piece. I think that it's just enough meta that it's smart without, of course, there are some entries in the franchise that are like, it's too meta. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, people like that. It, it's sharp. I think that, and then people love gore and horror. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't particularly like it's so funny because I always say I don't like gore and I don't like horror, but mm-hmm. I've seen every screen movie. I'm just like, ah, I don't I, I think that's universal. Mm-hmm. And it for the most part, the, the casting, it's always those fresh, hot names at the time. Mm-hmm. And no matter what generation it is, because we've seen this over generations, those heartthrobs and those teen idols bring in seats, bring mm-hmm. in tickets. And yeah. I think that'll always be the case because, you know, at that time, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, uh, Matthew Lillard, Ski Orich were on fire. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. You know, they were there. And then this, they upped the ante with the sequel. We had, you know, Jada Pink, we had Omar Epps, we had Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Geller, um, we had Rebecca Gayhart, and those brought in... And then with the new, the next generation, because that generation kind of grew up, and out of that, mm-hmm. you had your Emma Roberts, you had your Hayden Pandy years, um, and people were like, okay, these are the new heartthrobs. Let let's see them in the mix because mm-hmm. I feel like Scream is one of those franchises and one of those properties that, like you said, it's always going to be around, and you can always play with it and yeah. remix it. Because it's not anyone can assume Come the on. character or the, the persona of Ghostface and go mm-hmm. on with their day to day lives, and because in that universe, Sidney Prescott is a, a real person, and these events and everyone knows about things because of the books and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to you know, tie it back to the original story. So with that, it just allows the spider webbing of storytelling. That's just my opinion. And that's why I think that it works and it's worked in, you know, different iterations, whether it's been the movie or even the television show. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, um, for me, I think it's a lot of it is rooted in the nineties. Um, there was a line that someone said, I think it was the sheriff where he said, what are you doing with a cellular phone, son? And I was like, you know what? You this is again something you cannot recreate. I mean, you can we have the next installments, but this already laid the groundwork. You're not going to get now you you can get a scream equivalent now, but you won't get scream right. one now. Like having one, working at a, a, a movie rental place. Two, having cellular phones be this brand new spanking thing. Having a VHS player. The right. fashion. Caller ID. That, look, that too. Um, and being able to like disguise your voice. Because so many of the things that make Scream what it is is now available at our fingertips. Like, like I can, I'm sure, download an app to change my voice. 
Right. So though that is terrifying, it's very different from being in the 90s. Somebody cut your phone cord and then you got to walk to the next pay phone or whatever. Right. Like it's, It doesn't have the, that same level of, um, I think, like nostalgic fear. And that's to say the subsequent screams that came after that were built on a solid foundation of this scream. So now that we do have technology advancing and whatnot, you don't have to use that as a crutch, we don't have to pretend there's no cell phones. You can just have them, but alter right. the story. And much to your point, having these new fresh faces come in. And another thing I think makes this so stellar is that with the rise of true crime, true crime podcasts, true crime appreciation and true crime shows, having a consistent murder mystery in Scream, every iteration is the fun of it. Um, I remember when the last one, Scream 5, came out, I was in the theater, and I want to say I was texting you, and I may have been texting Ivy from the Ivy's podcast as well, but Mm. I, the fun for me was figuring out who the killers were. Right. And so, I don't know, like, you go to different movies for different things. You go for the action, fun adventure for the, um... Um, Fast and the Furious, and then you go for the horror element of Saw. So I'm not to say that those aren't good franchises, but I personally feel like Scream surpasses them with its longevity. Mm-hmm. So no, I definitely agree. <sighs> I will say with the with Scream Five, I guessed one of the killers. I was like, oh, it's got to be her. Yeah, I was, and I was right. I was wrong on the second one because I was think I was like. Okay, I was definitely mm. wrong. See, oh. I was right, and I I feel so vindicated as if somebody questioned me. I, this is all self imposed, but I felt so good because I, growing up, my mom would like, like watch the Food Network and HGTV, and so I got mm-hmm. accustomed to that type of programming. And then we shifted to add in true crime to it, and being a storyteller, someone who writes books and novels and, and explores my own personal stories, because I have to build them from the ground up, and also right. consume stories of other people, I have gotten to a point where I can recognize patterns. Um, and this is getting ahead of myself as far as the Scream Suite is concerned, because I'll go over it in episode, in episode 5, but the killer in 5, I knew exactly who he was, not because of Scream, but because I had seen him in other properties. And one thing that um, that you want to do if you want to invoke a certain feeling in your film is to cast an actor who invokes that feeling. So for me, let's say I want um, I want you to think um, it's the 90s and I want you to think sex, um, luxury. Um, I may cast a Naomi Campbell in a role or a Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm going to cast someone who the public zeitgeist already has a particular feeling about so that when I flip it and now um, Naomi or Michelle are actually killers who are poor and have been faking like they got money, it's not going to be 100% unfeasible, but it is going to kind of take you aback versus me casting just regular plain person to play a con artist. So right. I, I guess that nigga and I was like, yes, yes, I knew it. So there's that. There's my a win is a win. So shit. <laughs> so, so with Scream, do you think it's a good movie? Now, when I say good movie, not like did you enjoy it? I mean technically looking at the film, beginning, middle, and end, do you feel like this is a solid movie that has no plot holes that doesn't have questions left unanswered that gave us a full satisfying story so for those of you out there who listen and answer this as well but do you think scream is technically a good movie i think it is a good movie i feel like even the great movies have mm-hmm. plot holes yeah like i would have loved to have seen a flashback of the original city girl maureen prescott Boy, busting it wide for half of Woodsboro (laughs) and you know adjacent towns, Um, but you know, I digress. (laughs) I I would, I would love either a flashback in another movie or even a, a, a prequel to the franchise. I'm just saying that's that's just to me. I think that would be interesting. Um, I think it's, I think the acting was good. I think the story was strong, you know, the cinematography, like the little Easter egg from little nuances. I I think it was definitely a great movie. 
That's what's up. No, I agree. I agree. I thought it was was damn good. And there's not too many things that I can look back on and be like, mm, you know, <laughs> this is terrible. But to your point, I do think that Scream. Now I'm one who loves. I love me a good reboot. I love me a when done well. I love me a good prequel. I love all that. I don't think it's needed everywhere, but I do think that for this particular franchise, you could do a prequel um, movie, and I think that would make a whole lot of sense, considering, right. like you said, I let's get into all of the things we've seen in the entire franchise and, and sow those Easter eggs into a good, solid, well-done period piece of, like, what was this? This came out in 96, so that will put us at about maybe 80... 84 when her mom because what was Sydney like 17? Yeah, she was 17 in 96. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, because they alluded to her being the, the horror Babylon, whatever. Um, so I would like to see that because mm-hmm. you know, with a good woman led uh creative team, give us Maureen in the you know, pussy popping on a handstand. Let's see what that was really about. So, right. Oh Lord, man, yeah, this, this, I, I like it. I like. It. I think it's good. Um. So, jumping very far ahead, we've seen the trailer for Scream Six. Do you? And this is based strictly off the trailer. Do you think that we've already seen the killer in the trailer? I don't. Okay. I don't and I think that was intentionally done. Mm, see, I'm thinking it's Hayden. Thinking it's Hayden. We had a back and forth about that, but I, I think it's I think it's I the Bob. It. I think it's the Bob. <laughs> but no. Bob is murderous. <laughs> I I I like her very SVU um Benson look, but I'm like yeah. I don't know, sis. <laughs> and that's another one I feel like she has such a good girl image and not just from like, oh, I'm just a beautiful blonde white woman, but like literally from heroes, really from all of her roles, I feel like if she's the killer, it's going to make sense. But I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I can see it. I, I don't think so, but I, I would. I, <laughs> let me just say this. If that is the reveal or she had a hand in everything. I would not be surprised. Look, I just don't think it. I'm with it. I'm um are you are you satisfied with the quality of films? Like I know you said three or four weren't your, your favorite, but do you feel like they I guess even taking them off the board or even including them overall, one through five, do you think that the quality has kind of remained? Do you feel optimistic I about six? Think, I think for the most part it has. I and the only reason that three really kind of shifted in tone and it mm-hmm. wasn't as Horror and it was more satire was remember this was the 90s so it, mm-hmm. it came out in 2000 but it was filmed in the 90s and the mm-hmm. screenplay was probably written in the 90s or but we just had Columbine mm-hmm. in 99 and yeah. that was a major thing so I think that at that time a lot of studios were like you know what let's not be and let's be sensitive and let's not be leaning so far into the horror uh, or the graphic violence mm-hmm. on younger people because no they, yeah like that was the news cycle for the longest time lord yes no yeah i think right. even it, i think even scream 3 was delayed because of columbine with the production and kind of putting a pause and how are we gonna give this film and have it be true to the franchise, but not be as graphic and scored. I could see that. Yeah, because this only, like, gun violence, violence against children and marginalized people in this country is all too common. It's woven in the fabric of our DNA in this country. But, like, yeah, I could definitely see that taking a pause. Do you feel like um, a Scream 3 like the hesitation that they had to, of of making such a gory film killing kids when it originally came out, do you feel like it could be made today? I think it could be made today. I think it could definitely be made today. I even think if you were pushing out one and two so quickly, mm-hmm. if they would have done three a year early or two mm-hmm. years early, 
um, it could have probably held up better mm. um, instead of waiting three years or two and a yeah. half years, three years. So I could see that. I think um, I'd say yes for that as well, but also for the fact that there's always a mad shooting or something here. Like, the, right. like every day, it's, it's, it's something. Somebody's getting shot. Somebody's being kidnapped. Somebody's being trafficked. It's just, yeah. It's, so I don't, mm, I don't think they would. Well, with the twenty-four hour news cycle, with the internet being at our fingertips, and hell, just with Twitter alone, I doubt that there would be any hesitation to consider the children and not make that movie nowadays. It's just like, well, whatever, right. throw it up on a streaming site or get folks in the theaters and whatever else. But I don't think there would be a hesitation to, um, to make, cause hell, when the pandemic started, we got like, what, 40 different pandemic movies. Um, we did. and in the book world, there's like a whole, oh, there was a series called, I think quarantine love. It was like three or four books of like just quarantine related romance stories. I'm like, oh, wow. I don't want this shit in my media. Like, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, and, um, so I don't think there would be any hesitation to create something as gory, if not worse. Um, a few things, a few things. And so this says, and I'm going to refute this. They may be right, but there's the um, it's listed on IMDb that at around the 34 minute mark. When Gail is attempting to enter the police station with Kenny, the cameraman, she is stopped by a police officer, and you can hear her saying, hey, wash the hand. Do you know who you're dealing with? But they say that her mouth is never moving. I rewound that scene two or three times, and the uh -huh. angle at which you see her, now, that could be right, but it's like, you know that angle where you you see, like, the person's cheek? You don't really see their lips. Like, it was from right. behind. So I was like, but, I mean, I could believe it. A lot of shit a lot of those lines sounded like they went back and re-recorded them after the fact. So right, right, right. I'm sure, but mm, they ain't really, they ain't really feel like that was true to me. Um, something else in continuity. They say at around the one hour and seven minute mark, when Tatum throws the beer bottles at the killer in the garage, they break and uh, wet his costume. But when the killer runs away and falls over, his costume is suddenly dry. Yeah. That is a continuity error, but I feel like for this movie, that that wouldn't bother me because it's already Not at all. yeah, like in the in the outfit is black. Now if he had like a gray or a blue or something where you can see stains, then maybe eh, but whatever. Um around the one hour and thirteen minute mark when Randy and friends are watching horror movies, Randy says she always outsmarted the killer during the big chase, uh chase scene. Virgins always do that. However, when Kenny and Gail watch the football on their hidden camera, the sentences have been shortened to the virgin always outsmarts the killer in the big scene. That's semantics. I'm not about to fought them over. Yeah, it's like uh, that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh um eh, there are some a couple factual errors. They say the law enforcement officers that work for the Woodsboro Police Department are um, designated as deputies. If it's called the Woodsboro De Police Department, they should be designated as police officers. They're right. called deputies. It should be called Woodsboro Sheriff's Department. Okay. Well, that's that. Um, around an hour and 27 minutes when Sydney locks herself in Dewey's Jeep, the door locks are shown to be on top of the door panel, but are not shown on the outside view of the SUV. Also, the locks are designed mm, next to the door handle, meaning the locks are shown from a different vehicle. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, a lot of things ain't really nothing. You guys can look them up or I'll link them in the show notes. Is there anyone who you would like, and it's anyone from any, any of the screen movies, any franchise, anything at all. Is there anyone that you would like to see in, let's say scream six or scream seven or eight or whatever. Is there someone you just actor or character you want to see in the screen franchise? I want to see Cat Graham. I want to. See, I yes. I automatically want to see Cat Graham in everything. <laughs> I would love to see Cat Graham in screen in the future as someone that does not get murdered, right? Like <laughs> a little bruise, but not getting killed, or mm -hmm. even shit, an accomplice to the killer or the killer. Like I would hey. love to see Cat Graham in the franchise. Look, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I think Cat Graham. One, first of all, put her in everything. Put her in more stuff, um, exactly. but I think she'd be she'd be nice in one of these. She would definitely. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be against her 
you know, being the face of another installment of Scream. Okay, I was going to ask that. Because she's a good, like, not only is she a phenomenal actress, she's good looking and she's marketable. And she's got absolutely. On top of that, they seem to be skewing towards the, the, the POCs, you know, after... All this time, you know what I'm saying? We got Jenna. She may be a little, little lighter, but that's a POC right there. And uh, funny thing, though, thinking back on Scream 5, I'm always thinking that Jenna is the main character when she is not. Like, her sister is the Sydney Prescott yeah. of Scream 5. And I never... I and, and it's no disrespect to that actress. And this is even before Wednesday came out. Like, I was... When I saw Jenna on... Her character on You Season 3... Mm-hmm. Two, no, th- whichever one it was, I was automatic. Like she had the presence that I was like, okay, this ain't just some snot nosed little kid who's like, kid. you know, scamming this weird neighbor. Like she, her, she, she invited me in with her performance, and I became a fan. And so even now, when I think back on Screen Five, I always think of Jenna as the Sydney Prescott character. But that's. She's not. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. So I don't know. Unless her and her sister are sharing that that I don't know title, but she's not. She's more of the um, Drew Barrymore, but I survived as character. Um, Barely. Yeah, <laughs> bro. That hospital scene, nigga. I remember texting you about that. Like, are you serious? Yes. Is this really happening? Like, really? That to me. When you, I, I can't wait for you to talk about part five because yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. all in the comment section. Like, really? Like, to me, that was not believable. But yeah, it was, so what is your favorite scream installment so far? Because you've seen them all. Which one is your? No matter what, this is my all time favorite. It's a it's it's a tie. Okay. One and two. One and mm. two are are it for me. One and two are definitely at the summit position of this mm-hmm. franchise. Okay. I would have to say one for me, just because it's it's my gateway drug, and I, it's, it's a comfort okay. film. Like, I know it's... I just love it. And also, I was a kid who watched Seinfeld, Mad About You, Friends, mm-hmm. Living Single, uh, Martin. Like, I watched a slew of network sitcoms. Right. And Courtney Cox... I enjoyed her character in Friends. Not as much as other characters, but seeing her so regularly, and then when she um, she was in this, and then she switched over to that tabloid show Dirt. Yeah. Like I, something about her, and even Cougar Town, because I think I, I maybe watched the maybe the first two seasons of that as well. Right. She to me was almost like a Julia Louis Dreyfus. Now, she, now she's in my opinion, is superior to Courtney Cox. But they, they're they on this same list for me as a kid. Like, oh, I used to watch these women back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so um, seeing her in this just helped to make her somebody I'd halfway give a damn about. Like, if she was in something else tomorrow, be it a Marvel movie or a drama or whatever, I would be interested and I would watch it. So, right. Yeah, that's, um, that's that. So, uh, Scream, Scream 1. What is your rating overall? If we're ranking it in in the five that we already have, where you where you rank the screen one? So from five to one, yeah, one. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So yeah, this ah, screen man. Again, y'all, if you haven't seen it, where have you been? Um, right, it's like twenty five years old. Man, say like there. I'm sure oh, some, some of these kids weren't born yet. Never mind. That, but that's the thing. Yeah, somebody may have been born on the day it came out. If your right. birthday is, is the well, day screen well, came actually, out, actually, I was born in 1998. <laughs> no, for real. Well, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> but no, this is this has been the scream suite. This is man, such a interesting franchise, and yes. I. I can't get enough of it. I'll just say that. Do you have any thoughts, comments, uh, concerns, any, I don't know, predictions, anything with Scream 1 or the franchise as a whole? I want more diversity. I want to see visibly darker skinned (laughs) 
people right. in the franchise. The little beige meat twins. I get they're biracial, <laughs> but being biracial is not a monolith. There are mm-hmm. so many different complexion types. Yes. I I want to see I want I want to see Darnell and his and his sister and their <laughs> friends like I I want to yes. see rich black characters mm-hmm. you know in, in intermingled in, into the situation I yeah. understand that they're not necessarily going to be the leads but just more representation mm-hmm. no I'm with you I um I again going back to the gender comment I think we're getting her and her sister in and oh forgive me for getting that forgetting that girl's name but I think that I'm hoping at least that they are planning for more and better representation as the show go as the show as the franchise continues um because I feel like you have a fleshed out enough world that we don't have to limit ourselves to the through lines that are been stated explicitly in every film because I want you to go ahead and tell the folks who you wanted to see, um, who you mentioned, <laughs> which black person you mentioned, um, in a previous or in one of the installments, cameraman, who you wanted to see. <laughs> I would have loved to see because let's let's no, nah, I'm not gonna be shady. I would <laughs> love to see Dwayne Martin reprise his role or come back because mm-hmm. he made it out alive. Like I would yeah. love the the realization that you know the Meeks kids are his mm-hmm. kids, and then he got Darnell and his sister with another woman. Because I feel like Dwayne Martin is from New York, mm-hmm. so I would love to see that. Would be a great thread to pull mm-hmm. to have him back in the fray. You know, he's probably elevated and progressed in his field and you know maybe he's a producer or maybe he is you know behind the scenes more so in television mm-hmm. morning shows or nightly news shows or whatever mm-hmm. and you know reuniting with gail and you know have him have an expanded role or you know maybe his kids are the killer i don't know i would i would mm-hmm. love to see something like that and that's exactly what I what I like about this franchise is because I think it's my comic book nature, mm-hmm. my comic book um, obsession, because you can have, let's say, X-Men issue number 12 from 1963. There was a random character who like rung up the X-Men at a bodega and gave them their change. You can bring that motherfucker back and be like, I've been in the shadows following your career forever and I want to be just like you or I want to kill you because your fight killed my mom. Like The fact that you can do that and fans just accept it because like this is clearly canon. It happened. I like this idea of including diversity in screen based off of those maybe minor interactions or characters from before. Cause like you said, you could very easily just say that he has kids and, and they're getting revenge because all this scream shit though, his father, their father got out alive. He became a drunk and had anxiety issues and I don't know, killed somebody himself. Like there's right. so many different threads that you can pull from where, or you could just make up some shit, retcon something that makes the most sense. Right, one of, of these, you know, shared universe ass films. So I don't know. I'm I'm just a fan, y'all. My intentions are good. So, oh, and I want to say that the actress name is Melissa Barrera, who right. plays Sam Carpenter, and because I don't I don't want to show no favoritism, but you know, Jenna is my favorite. So that's that diversity. Yes, give us give us more. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, do you have any any closing thoughts about the franchise or anything screen related? I'm excited. I am curious to what this opening scene is going to be. Hey, hey, you and me both, because you niggas is in New York now. You all the way on another coast, right? Where's that? If a motherfucker follow you to a whole another, oh, they they want you gone. And I want you out of here. I want to know why. So, yeah, I'm with that. So, please, 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 please let these folks know where they can follow you and support you. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at the John, or excuse me, the John Effect X. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram, the John Effect. And, you know, I'm on TikTok Mm -hmm. trying to 
step out of my comfort zone. So I'm on the, I'm on the TikTok. <laughs> I'm old. I'm on TikTok <laughs> at the John Effect. So <laughs> that's where I am. That's where I bees at. I bees in the trap. So you know. That's what's up. That's what's up. And those links will be in the show notes. So go ahead and give John a good follow some interaction uh you can find me of course carefree blurred on twitter carefree blurred on tiktok carefree black nerd on instagram and uh if you'd like to email me do so at carefree black nerd at gmail.com please put the subject line something that alludes to what the email is about i've gotten countless emails with no subject line or something that is wildly different <laughs> than what's inside of the uh email itself this has been the first installment of the Scream Suite. Please join me back here next week for the second installment. We're going to keep this thing going all the way through Scream 6 and, um, you know, try to figure out who the killer is and what you liked about it. So any questions that we've asked during this um, program, please make sure to answer those using the hashtag Scream Suite. That will be in the show notes as well. And until next time, y'all, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and stay the hell away from a motherfucker that is obsessed with both you and your mom and also teach your dad how to defend himself. There's no, no way he should have been locked up for the entire weekend in the closet. Like, come on, y'all. If you're the Sydney Prescott of your movie, get it together, goddammit. <laughs> and thanks again, John, for coming on and discussing this wild-ass movie with me. I do appreciate it, man. Of course, anytime, anytime. Tag me in, Coach. Tag me in. Bet that. I got you. I got you. And y'all have a good one. <laughs>